Good evening, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee. You can find me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at the podcast's official Twitter handle at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. If you're a first-time listener, thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow us on Megaphone, Apple, Spotify, and Google. Remember, subscribing is free, and it's a great way to keep up with all the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news on a daily basis. On tonight's episode, we'll be talking about Winnipeg's first game back since their recent trip to the California coastline. Tonight, they played the Dallas Stars, and boy oh boy, were the Jets good. That's not a phrase I get to use often, and I'm really glad I got to see it tonight, because this was probably one of Winnipeg's most dominant games in months, maybe. I have to admit, coming in tonight, I was more than a little bit skeptical. Uh, The last game against the Stars did not go particularly well, and I was worried that Winnipeg would kind of get curb-stomped again. Winnipeg's most recent foray in the NHL was against the Los Angeles Kings, and like I said in the last episode, I really don't want to go into the details of that game. It was pretty ugly all around. I had a lot of questions as to whether or not Winnipeg would show up tonight. Would they have a big rebound game? Would they show that the Dallas forecheck and speedy are attacking, forechecking, uh, turnover-inducing uh, unit that Jim Montgomery is using be less of an issue this time around, or were they going to get curb-stomped again? Thankfully, I'm more or less happy to report that Winnipeg basically destroyed Dallas from the ground up, and it was really almost from puck drop. Uh, Immediately, the Jets were much faster, much more aggressive, uh, and they forced a lot of turnovers near the Dallas blue line, which was kind of a change from last game. Winnipeg also got some power play help on account of the Dallas Stars being a little bit undisciplined, but at even strength, I felt like Winnipeg was just good all around. It's been a while since Winnipeg has been able to use its full forward uh, capacity in order to disrupt and cause chaos in the offensive zone. That was on full display tonight, though. The game almost started off with a really nice bang with the uh, Winnipeg top line matching up against Dallas's fourth line. Um, I'm not sure why Jim Montgomery put out the fourth line to begin with. I guess that he had faith in his depth forwards, but the matchup was immediately exploited by the Jets. Shifley had a bit of a chaotic keep at the Dallas blue line, uh, and then the puck sort of squirted around, and I think Kyle Connor batted it inwards. Um, And then Patrick Laine ended up collecting the puck near the front of the net and scored within 13 seconds. Unfortunately, Winnipeg was a bit unlucky. Um, When Kyle Connor batted the puck in, it had actually crossed the blue line, uh, so it was an offsides call. The Jets definitely weren't discouraged, though. They kept pushing for the entirety of the first period. And finally, Nikolai Ehlers potted his 13th goal of the season, which is a fantastic scoring pace from the young Dane. This has been a big coming out season for him, especially after a lot of Jets fans were thinking that he was expendable. Hopefully they realize that he's probably on one of the best value contracts in the NHL right now. Um, And the way that he scored his goal was very nice. He ended up collecting a puck near the front of the net, and I think uh, Mira Heiskanen had his stick halfway lodged underneath his arms, and Ehlers still won the physical battle and deposited the puck right past Kudobin, who had been really good on the night so far. Kudobin had been basically the only reason that the Dallas Stars were in the game to begin with, um, and their goaltending was the only thing keeping them from being down something like 3 or 4 nothing early in the first period. All in all, I was really satisfied with Winnipeg's opening 20 minutes. I felt like there was a real statement of intent from the team here, and I was very impressed with the way that they pressured Dallas the entire time. Um, And even when the Jets had some defensive lapses and mistakes in their own zone, they generally were able to recover within a decent amount of time. Hellebuck, for his part, really didn't have all that much work, but when he did, he was pretty sharp. I think it was just a great period for the Jets, and probably one of their best periods of the season thus far. I was especially impressed with the top six, which still has... Blake Wheeler anchoring the second-line center role. It's been no secret that Wheeler has kind of had issues over the past couple of seasons, especially when he's been paired with Mark Shifley on the first line. 
I don't know what's going on with him or if he's if he's just aging or if he's had injuries, but Wheeler just hasn't been the same guy he used to be. The last time that Wheeler played center, it didn't really go all that well. Uh, I think after the first game or two, he really started struggling again. So it's a, a bit of a refreshing sight to see him doing so well between Ehlers and Roslovic. I think that both Nick and Jack take a lot of the puck-carrying zone possession pressure off of Wheeler, and especially with neutral zone uh, transitions and offensive zone transitions. Both Roslovic and Ehlers are, are experts at this. So I think it gives Wheeler a bit more time to make decisions, slow his own game down a bit, and it allows him to kind of adjust the pace to what he needs it to be. I really like how well this line gels together, and I think that even if Brian Little comes back anytime soon, um, I'd really like this second line to stick together. I think that Brian Little as your third-line centerman, or maybe the fourth-line centerman, or even as like a third-line winger would be perfect. Really, what you just want to see from the Jets is overwhelming scoring talent on every line uh, that can overwhelm any opposing matchup problem. On the defensive side of things, I felt like Winnipeg were, were good enough. Um, Tucker Pullman had a few issues tonight. I felt like it, at times he made some bad decisions in front of Hellebuck, and it kind of seemed like the ice wasn't quite up to standard. Uh, there were a lot of strange bounces against both sides, and Pullman had a lot of issues handling the puck during those instances. This was definitely a game defined by a lot of chaos, especially in both defensive ends, uh, but I felt like Winnipeg generally handled the pressure a lot better. It didn't seem like Dallas had all that many opportunities to create scoring chances against. The first period was quite honestly a clinic for the Jets, and I felt like it was only going to get worse from there. I was very pleasantly surprised, though, when the second period was basically more of the same for Winnipeg. You think about the Jets lineup that they put out tonight, uh, and they're without Dmitry Kulikov into the All-Star break, which is a new development, uh, but they're still without Nate Beaulieu, who was injured a couple of weeks ago. They don't have Dustin Bufflin. They're without Brian Little. I mean, this team is dealing with a whole slew of injuries right now, and yet, and here they faced a Dallas team that had just embarrassed them about a month ago, and Winnipeg looked like a totally different team tonight. I'd say that this this performance was a lot more aligned to what we saw in the 2017-2018 season, uh, when the team had a lot higher cup aspirations. I know I personally have, have definitely really missed that version of the team. Um, this year's squad just hasn't been anywhere near that level of play, and it's been a shame because I feel like there's a lot of talent on this team as it is. Uh, but because of all the departures and injuries, there just hasn't been that level of crispness and quality execution. Surprisingly, though, we saw guys like Kyle Connor actually making phys physical plays and winning challenges in the corners, which is fairly atypical of Kyle. I mean, he was pretty good tonight, I felt, um, and that's just kind of an indicator of how things were going. I felt like this was a game where, for the most part, everything went right. And in the first period, Winnipeg really ran the tables against Dallas. Heck, even Neil Pionk was winning some defensive challenges in combat in front of the Jets' goal. I think the guys like Anthony Potato and Lucas Abisa, Logan Shaw, those guys had more issues than some of the rest. Um, but even then, I don't think that they made any critical errors that put the team at risk. Uh, for the most part, anything that was a serious issue was either kind of an odd bounce or, or just a slightly ill-timed or ill-advised pass. But Winnipeg didn't get punished for any of those. In just a minute or two, we'll talk about some of the stuff that we saw in the second period, which was essentially a continuation of the first period, with a few added bonuses and twists. But before that, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Hope you guys had a nice quick break, maybe got yourself a drink or a snack. Strap in, because period two for the Jets against the Dallas Stars was more than a bit chaotic. In fact, I think chaotic was the single defining feature, uh, but the chaos was basically all in Dallas's end. Typically, I think that we're used to seeing the Jets have all of the chaos in the defensive end, especially with the makeshift defensive unit that the Jets have been putting out recently. It was nice to be on the receiving end of a, of a game where the Jets were actually causing all of the chaos in the opposing end. 
Um, and in this situation, I feel like Anton Hurobin was basically uh, the only thing keeping the Jets from scoring like 20 goals. Dallas basically collapsed in the second period. For some reason, the Jets' forecheck and pressure just seemed to catch Dallas completely off guard. You don't see a Jim Montgomery coach team uh, cave like this, especially to opposing pressure very often, so I was more than a bit surprised to see Winnipeg doing so well. Um, and where the initial pressure started was these kind of stretch passes across the neutral zone. Winnipeg ended up generating a couple of clear breakaways with stretch passes straight up the middle, and that's not something that you ever see happen in the NHL. It's extremely rare that that seam is open, much less undefended. The only reason that you would see it is if, like, a PK unit got caught uh, pinching too high or, or if there was a bad line change. But this was actually at even strength. Even when Dallas had a power play earlier in the game, it was totally disorganized, and the Jets ended up having... Uh, the shorthanded opportunities. I don't know, man. The Dallas Stars were just in a total funk, and eventually Winnipeg started to really make them pay. The opening goal of the second period was a nice double deflection from Kyle Connor. Uh, there was some good cycling and movement, and then everyone right before the shot was taken kind of moved into positions right in the central slot area. Dallas wasn't really defending it, and so there were there was two deflections and two touches on the puck as it came in, and Kudobin really didn't have a chance. I think Hudobin would probably be upset because it ended up going through his five hole, but it, I mean, it's a bit of a chaotic puck, and I feel like at that point, he'd saved enough goals that the Dallas Stars really should have had something for him. Instead, they found themselves in a decently sized 2-0 hole that arguably could have been much greater. The Jets, though, they really weren't content to sit on the 2-0 lead. They kept pushing and pushing, and they created so many issues for Dallas, especially down low in front of Kudobin. There were a ton of defensive breakdowns, and just an absolute barrage of high-danger scoring chances point-blank shots, shots from really tight angles. Winnipeg basically threw the kitchen sink at them, and I don't think that the Stars were able to handle or cope with the pressure at all. During one of Winnipeg's serious offensive surges, they again connected on a bit of a chaotic shot that ended up going off of somebody's skate. I think it was uh, Matias Janmark's skate. Uh, Josh Morrissey deflected a shot or something off of Janmark's skate, and I felt like that this goal, uh, it was totally fluky, totally accidental, and yet it was it was exactly deserved. I mean, the Jets were owning Dallas the entire time, and it felt like a pretty good representation of what Dallas was experiencing. Um, this is one of the few times where the Stars have looked very slow, and I felt like this game in particular was, again, like it was in 2017-2018, when Winnipeg basically backhanded Dallas every time they came either to Winnipeg or the Jets were visiting Dallas. It was always a pretty one-sided game. The Jets don't often bully opponents this year, but they definitely bullied Dallas tonight, and that's a rarity. Late in the second period, the Stars did start to put up a bit of a tougher fight. I, I don't think that they really created all that much pressure. Um, but Miro Heiskanen did actually have one really, really nice goal. He ended up splitting Pionk and his defensive partner um, on an individual solo effort and then found open space and put it right past Telebuck. It's a pretty goal, and I mean, Heiskanen's a fantastic defenseman and a great skater all around. Evidently, though, the Jets were kind of mad about that because just a few minutes later, Patrick Lanny actually ended up scoring a goal. Um... He didn't get this one waved off, so I'm pretty sure he was happy to, to notch, like, his, I think his 17th or 18th goal against Dallas. That is absolutely absurd. He's had, like, 26 or 27 points in 16 games now against the Stars. I think it would be a lot to expect somebody to have, you know, 10 points against the same franchise in, say, you know, three seasons. Imagine being Patrick Laine and having 26 points or 27 points. It's almost 30 points against one team. Dude, I swear Dallas just absolutely hates playing the Jets. I mean, Patrick Liney is going to figure on the score sheet somewhere, uh, and tonight he had a goal and an assist. I know that the Jets have been reticent to put uh, Liney and Shifley together, but I, I feel like every time that these two step on the ice, 
they've just created so much together. They're so dynamic. Uh, and even with Kyle Connor, who himself doesn't always seem to have the best decision-making tool sets uh, available to him, that line just keeps clicking. Winnipeg has definitely needed this for a long time, um, and it's really a great change. Line is back on the first power play unit. He's generating a ton of offensive chances on the top line. The funniest thing is that he's actually shooting less than he usually does. I feel like he's passing it more, and he's getting a lot more assists as a result. Patrick continually developing his game and rounding out in all of the areas that the Jets have asked him to. It's such a welcome change. I've always been a fan of Patrick Laine's vision, passing, and shooting, but now that he also has some defensive acumen to add to it, as well as some two-way play and, and essentially you know, zone transition play, Laine is just a complete threat all around, and it's really showing up on the score sheet as well. I'm also very much impressed with Jack Roslovic's continued development. I felt like he had another strong game tonight. He had some really nifty steals, a couple of great passes, some nice shots. Um, Jack is going to be a pivotal player, I think, for this team going forward. He didn't have a role before when the team was a lot deeper than it was now, um, but now that there's additional ice time opportunities, I think Roslovic's going to find a, a way to cement himself into this lineup permanently. He's already showing a lot of skill and a lot of the stuff that he was drafted for, so... A great sign of progress from the youth, um, and this team is going to continue to get better over time. Hopefully they add some more defensive talent, because right now, the Jets' blue line is really, really thin. They've got a couple of guys sitting in the minors and overseas who I'm definitely circling. I think we all know that Vili Heinel is pretty special, uh, but they also have Jonathan Kovacevic, who I'm very high on. They've got Luke Green, who's a fringe prospect, but has considerable talent if he stays healthy, and they've also got Sami Niku waiting. There are reinforcements available for the Jets, and hopefully they'll make the most of them pretty soon here. Coming up in just a bit, we'll talk about the uh, the wrapping of this game, as well as some things to look forward to over the next couple of days uh, and in the coming weeks for the Jets. Thanks for sticking around for this final segment. I'm sure you're eager to hear how the uh, Winnipeg Jets closed out their game against the Dallas Stars. Um, as you might expect, the Jets definitely weren't keen to give up their lead. They hung on to win 5-1, and I felt like this period, not a whole lot ended up happening. Dallas kind of started clawing back into this game, but at this point it's too little too late. The person who was definitely the busiest for the Jets was Connor Hellebuck. Dallas kind of did what the Jets did to them in the first and second periods, where they basically besieged uh, the goal crease area, and Hellebuck was scrambling all over the place, the puck was bouncing in weird spots, um, and he had to make a, a variety of tough saves, including some fantastic um, pad saves that were great extensions. I know I said that I don't want to use the V word when I talk about Hellebuck, but I'm, I'm serious. This dude is having a Vesna candidacy season. This is probably one of the best seasons we've ever seen from Hellebuck. Even when he was nominated for the Vesna a couple of years ago, um, he wasn't as good as he is now. The Jets are 17-10-1, and I think most of that is owed to Connor Hellebuck's continued success in net. This dude has carried the Jets through some really lean offensive times, especially when the defense started collapsing. Um, and even though he had goal support tonight, it, it wasn't like the Dallas Stars were a weak team coming into this game. I fully expected Dallas to play more like it did in the third period, but for the entirety of the game. After tonight's effort, Hellebuck's save percentage is up to something like a 9-3-4. Uh, which is pretty unearthly for his performance. I think when you look at just how chaotic Winnipeg's roster situation is right now and how poorly they've been playing in a lot of the games that they've won, Connor Hellebuck has simply been sensational. He's still my vote for the team's MVP, and I don't really think it's close. I think even though there are a lot of talented players who are contributing uh, greatly to this team's success, no one's doing more than Connor Hellebuck right now. This was technically his easiest night of the season thus far, and he still faced something like 28 shots, so not an easy road for him. While the Jets were heavily outplayed in the third period, they did get one nice goal from Mark Scheifele. Most of it was because of Patrick Laine's excellent feed right between Polak, Kudobin, and to Scheifele behind the net. 
I'm telling you, man, this Patrick Laine kid is something else. When he's on his game and when his vision is at full strength and he has the passing arts to go with it, I, I just don't think there's anyone that can really stop him. I have been a, a very ardent Patrick Laine defender and fan for some time. Um, and at times last year, a lot of it probably seemed irrational to outside observers. It was mostly because I felt like he could become this kind of player, and he's really putting a showcase and a clinic on this season. He really has just a phenomenally high ceiling, and I hope that he continues his current tra trajectory. I mean, there's nothing that this kid can't do. Winnipeg will again see Dallas on this coming Thursday, which is the fourth time in 26 days the Stars and the Jets have played each other. Kind of a lot, to be honest. They're both neck and neck for the same spots in the Central Division, so it's totally fine. It's just, I don't really like playing the same team this many times. I do like a bit more variety, so, you know... NHL schedule makers, please make something happen the next time. If nothing else, it's a decent opportunity for Winnipeg to at least try and create some breathing distance between it and the Stars. After that, the Jets will host uh, the Ducks, the Red Wings, and then face the Flyers and Blackhawks and Hurricanes. Kind of a loaded schedule over the next couple of weeks. The Flyers, man, I, I don't know if they're a good team. They seem to be a good team. They're starting to win in regulation, so I guess they're a good team. I don't know. Um, we'll probably have somebody talk about this team because... I don't know, I can't figure out Philadelphia. Every time I feel like they're a bad team, they're actually good. When they should be good, they're bad. I don't know what Elaine Vigneault is putting in their water over there, but they seem to be having a pretty successful start to the season so far. The Carolina Hurricanes also won't be a particularly easy out. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the league, and especially within the Metro Division, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes have a recent reputation, so I'm expecting a bit of a fight there. I don't anticipate the Ducks, Red Wings, or Blackhawks giving the, uh, the Jets too many problems, but you never know. The Red Wings games are home-and-home, home, so we have a, a nice back-to-back -back set again. It's a little weird that we're getting a home-and-home home set, like, twice in two weeks, but uh, I won't complain too much. At least it's against the Red Wings, uh, and they're arguably the worst team in the NHL. They actually just sent down Philip Zadina for some reason, which I, I don't really understand. I mean, they're, they don't have a whole lot of talent. They could use a guy like Zadina, and I think he really deserves a chance to play in the NHL. As far as the current ongoing slate of tonight's games, uh, there are a few standings uh, relevant ones for us. Minnesota beat Florida 4-2. Vegas defeated New Jersey 4-3. That one's interesting just because the Devils just fired John Hines. Um, that, that move has probably been building up for some time. I think the Devils have been one of the worst teams in the NHL over the past several months, so um, they needed to make a change. I think Hines does deserve a job somewhere. It just wasn't going to be in New Jersey for the remainder of the season. Also of note for Winnipeg, Tampa Bay defeated Nashville in overtime 3-2, and uh, Washington is currently beating San Jose 3-1, and it's still the first period. Melkor Carlson again opened the scoring for the Sharks, and again, the Caps have ended up fighting back and essentially tearing Martin Jones apart. I know people will contend that the Sharks have turned their season around, but I still don't believe in that team at all. The Caps are a very good squad, don't get me wrong. They're a very difficult opponent, but... I don't know, I just don't believe in the, the Sharks this year. There's something about that team that's still missing, whether it's the goaltending, defensive lapses, I don't know, it's just odd, there's something off. I did find it cool that some of the German Bundesliga and German uh, Football Association members were actually in attendance at the Sharks game tonight. As a noted Borussia Dortmund and Bundesliga supporter, I find it to be, you know, refreshing to see them come and visit. Uh, they might have been visiting SAP just because a lot of Bundesliga squads have SAP deals. For SAP's analytics tools and other development tools, still pretty cool. I always enjoy seeing crossovers between my favorite leagues, and Bundesliga and NHL crossing over is definitely an unusual one. With that, I'd like to thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow and subscribe on your favorite platform of choice. Follow me at Twitter on HLLivingLoco or at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets, and have a great night. Go Jets go!